Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violent, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour, the harpiest of all your hours of the day. Aloha. Laid back. That was very airy today. Yeah. Laid back. Very like breathy. Well, Steph's aloha was so sing-songy. Yeah. It's not always quite like that. Well, last time I did it very bland, so I decided to spice it up a little bit this time. Yeah, you're, you're setting Caliente. the tone, Steph, so... Well, Tracy sets the tone. She added a little extra frill this time, so... I did. I followed It was suit. just a little one. As you are wont to do. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed, that's kind of my M.O. Who's M.O.? I'm Tracy! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Liz. I'm Steph. And this is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. We did it. I was so quick. I'm so glad that I caught on you picked up on that i did (laughs) i'm proud of you i know i have so little blood flow to my brain right now that i'm (laughs) i'm constantly impressed with myself these days guys guess what i did yesterday guess what i did yesterday oh god what did you Um, do something productive no no (laughs) something (laughs) something hawaiian yes something hawaiian did you ruin something yesterday steph i did not I went kayaking with whales. Oh, With the whales? With the whales. Where did they get their kayaks? (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. That was so stupid. Can you imagine a whale on a kayak? Are you like practicing Craig's dad jokes? (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Just just picture a whale on a kayak right now. It's like a flotilla of kayaks. <laughs> it require many, many, many kayaks to float a whale. Well, you could just get one big kayak. It would a have very, to be very, very big. big kayak. Also, I think the whale would be quite unhappy with that situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it might not be worth the discomfort. So I went to Maui with my friends Shmena and Shmeebi. <laughs> <laughs> And um, we went to Maui for the day. Whoever could that be? Whoever could it be? And um, yeah, we went kayaking with the whales and we got to see a bunch of mamas and babies. And there was a teeny tiny baby. And by teeny tiny, I mean like 10 to 15 feet. I was going to say like twice the size of us. But they got like real close to us. Like you're supposed to stay 100 feet away. But if they come to you, you just like pick your paddles up and you're not supposed to like paddle away from them. You're supposed to just like sit and wait for them to pass. And they yeah. came within maybe 30 feet of us and like kept coming up and breathing and like flipping their tails at us. It was so cool. I feel like that should be the turtle policy too, because you were yelling at me about the, about petting the turtles, but really they came to me. They were asking for it. I mean, yeah, but you weren't paddling or boating. You were, I was not, sweating. I was just, I was just floating around. So you could have swum away. Yes. But the paddles theoretically could hurt them. Is what I guess the idea behind that is. Have you seen my legs? I cannot paddle faster. Um, I thought it was more so of like a a, a startling their environment type thing. Or maybe. Thing, you know, because I feel like it's more so the splashing around. 
Like, how much is your kayak paddle going to hurt a whale? I don't. Like, it's not I a don't boat know. motor. I can understand a boat motor. I feel like you're not going to hurt a whale no matter what you do. Like, I understand, you like, personally. the boat motor, you don't motor away from the boat because that could hurt them. Well, sure, a motor, I understand. But they said yeah. that even though you're not in a motorized boat, you're supposed to still, like, just pick your paddle up and just wait, apparently. Yeah. So that I, was I feel cool. like if you were swimming... I think it would be fair to say that it's acceptable to just stay still, let the turtle do its thing. Well, that's what I did, and yeah. Steph yelled at me. I did not yell at you. Uh, your name's not Steph. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should swim away from the turtle. Steph was like, you're going to get arrested by the Hawaiian police. <laughs> turtle approached Tracy without Tracy's consent. Exactly. Call the turtle hotline again. I liked it, though. So this trip was kind of cursed. Oh, uh, for the past few days, it took us forever for the three of us to find a day that worked for all of us. One of them is doing a nine to five kind of schedule right now. So it had to you be don't a say three different schedules is hard to deal with. That's uh-huh. so odd. <laughs> it <laughs> and in one time zone. Get it together. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So we had to find a day like a weekend that all three of us were off because we had to go the day before because it started so early in the morning. 7 a.m. And you can't get a flight early enough to go and do that. Yeah, same day. that's fair. So we decided we're doing Saturday the 22nd, we're leaving. Sunday the 23rd, we are kayaking with the whales and then hanging out for the day and leaving at night. And Shmena was the one who booked the whale tour and she booked her own flight. And somehow we found out Friday, so we left on Saturday, we found out Friday that she had booked everything wrong. (laughs) No! This is why you need Tracy and Liz booking things. I know. She said <laughs> us like, hey guys, uh, like, I just got out of work. I'll see you soon. And we're like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'll see you at the airport. We're like, uh... No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely will not. Shmeebi is like, are you kidding? I'm like, yes, she's kidding. She's messing with you. And she's like, all caps, I'm not kidding. My book, my flight is for today and the whales are for tomorrow. <laughs> And I'm like, I am at work until 1 a.m. I physically cannot get to the airport and get on a plane today. Also, the hotel is under my name for the next night. So it was like... <laughs> so you are homeless tonight, Our my friend. Our flight was at 8.30, and this was 5.30. So three hours before her flight for the wrong day. <laughs> oh, my God. You're welcome for me and Liz existing yeah. to plan your life. <laughs> and of course, I'm at work, so I'm like, I can't fix this, guys. You got to figure it out. Yeah. So they were able to scramble and book the <laughs> whales for Sunday. Oh Thankfully, my they actually were thinking of pushing everyone back to Sunday anyway, because there was high surf on Saturday. And Southwest was really easy to switch your flight. So like, that was only like an hour-long crisis. And we were like, okay, phew. <laughs> Everything's fixed. We're all good. Yeah, but like, some of those things, they like still charge you if it's within 24 hours as i found out yes they can but they were super chill about it so like yeah we probably can't go tomorrow anyway so that works out perfect for us so it was that was lucky for you guys (laughs) yeah super lucky yeah then saturday yesterday Mm -hmm. two days ago as i'm recording yes okay we are you know i'm packing getting ready and shmeebi is like uh, my husband just got notified from work that he has a COVID exposure and he has to get tested. No! We're like, damn it. We're like, what is the exposure? <laughs> so her husband is a cop. And she's like, he had someone that he arrested in the back of his car, his cop car, uh, yeah, who had tested yeah. positive for COVID. But her husband, the cop, was wearing an N95. We're like, this is not an exposure. Like, we are all medical people. Like, we 
spend all day with N95s on with COVID patients. Like I had a COVID yeah. positive kid cough directly into my face, but I had my stuff on. Like that's considered an exposure. <laughs> so like, we're like, this is fine. Like you're freaking out for nothing. She's like, no, like I shouldn't go. I don't want to put you guys at risk. And we're like, this is literally less risk than our everyday lives. We are telling you that you are not yeah. at ri- that you are not putting us at risk. The medical professionals. In our medical opinion. Mm-hmm. Scrambling. And she's medical too. She used to work in the ER with us, but she yeah, but I can understand the personal guilt overriding your medical sure. uh, expertise on that one. So she's like scrambling, trying to find him like a 45 minute test, like one of those, the PCR, but it's like the rapid mm-hmm. PCR ones. And like they yeah. can't get one scheduled for that same day. So she's like, she's trying to find a rapid test for herself because she's like, well, at least if I get tested, I'll feel better about myself. Right. And she can't find one. I had one. I told her she could use it, but she lives like on the North Shore, which is an hour away. She was trying to find one closer. Sure. Finally, we come to the conclusion. Like, she's like, I'm just not going to go. I'm just not going to go. We're like, just take my test. Just take my test and then you'll feel better. And then we can all go. Like, me and Shmena are not worried at all about this. I'm sharing a bed with Shmeebi and I don't care. So <laughs> we meet her at the airport. We get to the gate. She goes into the bathroom with the test that I give her and she oh takes one God. of the rapid tests. In the bathroom of the like right outside of our gate. And she takes the test, it's negative, and then we're almost late getting to our gate, but we get on just in time. We I'm stressed just listening to this. Right. We have our (laughs) we have our trip. It works out great. I share it. She tried to get her own hotel room, but like they couldn't they didn't there was like this weird blackout between like two hours at night where they couldn't book a hotel even though they had open rooms. So she's like, fuck it, I'll just sleep with you guys. It's probably fine. Yeah. Share it like stay we all stayed together. We went on our trip. It was great. We get home and she texts, she's like, he tested positive. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, if after all this and we like guilted her into coming and telling her it's no big deal and whatever, if he tests positive, I'm gonna feel like a real asshole. <laughs> And that is what happened. Unless you guys were making out, like, I feel like you're okay. (laughs) I mean, I, so Eric tested positive uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and you didn't get it. Oh, yeah, that's right. And you guys were making out. (laughs) Literally slept in the same bed with him three nights in a row. I had sex with him the night before he tested positive, and I never got it. So I think I just have super immunity at this point. So I'm not worried about it. That's it. Yep. I'm not worried about it. I'm so stressed so, out listening to this. Like but the whales were great. Okay. <laughs> A plus on the whales. Give them COVID. <laughs> oh my god. I texted Eric afterwards, like like showing him pictures from the from the trip, and he was like, "Oh, too bad uh, Shmeebi gave all the whales COVID." <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know if whales can get COVID. If there's a COVID outbreak of the whales in Maui, like I know exactly where <laughs> to Yep. Where to mm-hmm. go. Patient zero is Shmeebi. Shmeebi. <laughs> I can't. But I got to see my whales and we're gonna do an annual whale pilgrimage because we all Aww. love the whales. So oh God. I'm excited. Aww. A whale. I want to go. I speak You whale. could hear them singing above water. That's how loud they were. Aww. And then we jumped in the water. They were so, 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 so loud. So cool. I want yeah. a whale. Well, come out here and see the whale. I was just there. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been so jealous, actually. That just sounds really yeah, cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So that's my story. Good for you. Good for you. You look happy and healthy. Not me. <laughs> Not me, if you ever cared to ask. <laughs> or you guys. 
How was your weekend? Less exciting. Well, I had, I almost said Schmeet, but Kate's a Patreon. We don't have to. Yeah, we don't have to disguise her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had Kate in town and we ate and drank and were merry. That's beautiful. Huzzah. Huzzah. We also watched more of The Great. Yes. watched it. Because she hadn't finished it yet. I love The Great. I like that show. So I, I rewatched the last few episodes with uh, her so, so that good. she could finish it. It's gotten a bit ridiculous, but it's still entertaining. Perfectly ridiculous. No, we were just, I was just talking with our friend about how there's like a lot of plot this season and less shenanigans. And it makes me sad. <laughs> oh, I thought it was delightful. No, I love this season, but like there are, Fewer shenanigans and more like actual substance. It's great regardless. The great is great. It sure is. Have you all seen the new season of Letterkenny? No. I don't know. I'm going to really target this towards staff. Uh, Christmas, I believe. No, I did not then. Um, But yeah, it came out like within the last month. It's a very short season. I'm very angry about it. It's like six half hour episodes. That's not even a season. Mm -mm. But. One of the episodes has the men, like all of the dudes in Letterkenny are going to their new like small town primary care physician because they have a new doctor. And so they're all going to get their like first physicals with him. Mm -hmm. And I guess their previous doctor had never done a prostate exam on them. And so they're like all finding out that like they now have to do this Mm -hmm. and they're very uncomfortable with this Mm -hmm. because they're stupid. Of course they are. And so at one point they all go chicken out and leave. And so later they're back and one of the women on the show is there and she's like, what are you guys being pussies about? And they're like, oh, you know, we have to have like a prostate exam. And she's like, what's like, what does that involve? And they're like, oh, you know, like, you know, they, 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 they go, they go up there. And she was like, well, like, what's the name of the, the instrument or the tool? And they were like, it's just a finger. And she was like, that's what you're worried about. <laughs> Let me tell you what we do. Exactly. And she like, <laughs> I was just like, about <laughs> to make the same point. Yeah. <laughs> They take those, like, plastic waiting room chairs and flip them around to be stirrups. And she, like, tells one of the men to come, like, lay on the floor and put his feet up on the chairs and scooch and scooch Mm -hmm. and scooch. Mm -hmm. And then she, you know, talks about um, the the process and how the, um, oh, my God, now I'm blanking on it. The speculum Mm -hmm. is, like, freezing cold. And they put it in and then they crank it and then they take a Q-tip and a spatula and then they scrape, 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 scrape. God, I'm cringing and, thinking and about men, it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And all the men are just like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Men are weak. And she's like, yeah, so you can be like, stop acting like pussies and that would be appreciated because you don't fucking know. No, you don't like, even yeah. deserve to be called a pussy because a pussy is stronger yes. than anything yeah. on your body, sir. <laughs> it's a really great clip that I think is like a fun educational tool, you know, not like show it to your developing teenage daughter. <laughs> yeah, te- like teenage children uh that are hitting puberty, but if you have a man in your life who is stupid about getting the prostate exam, I think it would be worthwhile to share. I'll send it to you all. Okay, I'll great. just go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> bueno. Nice. Well, Steph, well, Liz, 
What other stories do you have to share today? Today, I'm going to talk about Cook and the Sandwiches. Huh? Cook okay. and <laughs> the Sandwiches. Like the cook and the sandwiches or a cook and the sandwiches? Cook and the Sandwiches. So I think it's a last name. And the sandwiches are sidekicks. Ruben. I would love Monte it. Cristo. I would love it. Grilled is this cheese. like hamburger? <laughs> hamburger. Is this like Liz's segment where they had like the ham and cheese sandwich? Yeah, well, I named sandwiches that are also actual names. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what episode? What are we talking about? The one with, uh, oh no, it was your episode, Steph, with the with the ham sandwiches and the birds. Oh yeah, that was my like second episode. Yeah. What was it called? Something on ham sandwiches. Yeah, I don't remember. It was great though. Yeah. Another sandwich misdirect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. So this episode airs about a week before Valentine's Day. So I thought I would do a special Valentine's Day themed episode for you guys. With sandwiches? With sandwiches. I just love sandwiches. It's my favorite way to show love. Sandwiches. I hope this actually has like a romantic happy ending. (laughs) We finish each other's sandwiches. Romantic story. So hop on into the Wayback Machine with me, because we're going back to... The 1800s! 2003. No. We're going back to the 1700s. Sorry, that was a misdirect. Okay. That was. (laughs) That was misleading. I thought we were just not really going to go anywhere at all. Oh. No. 1728. Captain James Cook, the original mayo-faced Howley, is born. See? I was right. It's a name. It's a last name. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Cook was a British explorer, navigator, and cartographer. He never received a formal education, but as a teenager, he became a merchant Navy apprentice. Wait, there's a neighborhood of his on Big Island. There's a lot of things in Hawaii named after Captain Cook. We, we the first two nights we stayed in the Captain Cook neighborhood. There's a town called Captain Hook. Well, maybe that was what or, it was. Yeah, Captain Cook. It was like an area. Yes. Anyway. Vicinity. See. So on the, during this apprenticeship, he learned algebra, geometry, trigonometry. Ugh. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Why would he do that? Navigation, astronomy, and charting. It's so better. learned all the things needed to. And then he joined the Royal Navy. Sure. He married Elizabeth Batts, and they had six children together. But she essentially had to raise them on her own, I'm assuming, because he just spent years and years at sea at a time. Yeah, he just disappeared. Yeah, he was just gone. Yeah, so here's, here's my seed. I'll be back in a few years. Stay at home alone, wife. I hate it. Actually, yeah, I think I would hate it. You would hate it. I would would absolutely hate it. Yeah, but like, I also wouldn't have to deal with man bullshit either. For like four years at a time, though. Yeah, I would miss man bullshit. I also wouldn't get laid for four years. Well, that's not great. Okay, well. I mean, she can get laid. Like physically, (laughs) it's just, you know, frowned upon. Like, I left and you were pregnant, and now there's three children of come back separate ages. Like, what more. happened here? <laughs> They're triplets. I was in labor for years. Yes. 
<laughs> you owe me, bitch. I hope bitch. that there are men that would not question that, <laughs> especially like back then. Like, what do you know about how pregnancy works? <laughs> and they're all in Congress. Yeah, I mean, Continue. clearly they don't know much about female anatomy now. So, yeah, as evidenced by your description at the beginning of the episode. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he became a British naval officer and he was involved in the Seven Years' War, which I'm sure we all remember so well from history class. We don't. He, during this war, he surveyed and mapped parts of Canada, and that's all we're going to talk about in regards to the Seven Years' War. That's fine. The important part is this impressed the Royal Navy and the Royal Society, which was okay. a society that promoted science at the, at the time. Okay. So they commissioned him to explore the uncharted waters of the Pacific Ocean. And that's what he's most famous for, three Pacific voyages to discover new lands and for scientific research. Okay. He was a scientista. Scientisto. Scientisto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's what he was. <laughs> His first voyage took place from 1768 to 1771. So yeah, already we're at three years. He's away from his wife. Old lady. <laughs> the first part of this voyage was a scientific discovery voyage to document the movement of Venus across the sun. <laughs> this was apparently an important piece of information that could be used to determine the Earth's distance from the sun. So he oh, left England, went down and around the tip of South America, then westward across the Pacific until he hit Tahiti. <laughs> and his observations weren't actually that accurate, not, not as accurate as he had hoped they would be, so actually weren't even that useful. So he just went to Tahiti for funsies. Wasted three years at sea. So he just went, yeah, a very long trip to Tahiti, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, but after failing part one of, the, of this journey, there was a secret part two of the journey. Oh, dear. So he got to Tahiti and finished unsuccessfully tracking Venus. And then he opened sure. this sealed envelope that was given to him, which contained the secret second mission. I thought you were going to say he opened a sandwich shop. Who, where did the envelope come from? It was from the secret society, like the people who commissioned okay. to do this. But they were like, do this part first, and then when you're done, open this envelope, and we'll tell you, we'll give you further instructions. It's like a scavenger hunt or something. Is it, can you consider his first task finished if it was unsuccessful? Well, maybe he didn't know how shitty he did. Well, I think he can't just, like, start <laughs> over. You have to, like, wait until the same time <laughs> next year or something like that. It's not like you can just, like, all right, Venus, reset, like, let's do this again. I think he's like, yeah. he, he couldn't do it. He can't try again right away. So he just goes on part two. So he opens the secret envelope. And the second mission is to search the Pacific for Terra Australis, a southern continent that people hypothesized existed somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. So he's looking for Australia. Well, spoilers, it does not exist. Oh. Yeah. Sounded exactly like Australia. You'd me. think. We'll get to it. <laughs> we will get to it. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of fake outs here. Mm -hmm. Well, this one's not my fake out. The first one was my fake out intentionally. Okay. During this uh, secret mission, he mapped out New Zealand, which would later lead to colonization, of course. Sure. And he also mapped out the coast of Australia, which would, of course, also lead to British colonization and then the decimation of Aboriginal tribes, as mm -hmm. white men are wont to do. Yep. Uh, then there was a penal colony on Australia, blah, blah, blah. But Cook also introduced sheep. So that helped Australia's wool industry. So it wasn't all terrible. So that makes up for the colonization and the penal colony? Yeah. Was that an industry they needed? Sheep, Tracy. <laughs> sheep. 
Oh, okay. Ba sheep 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 motherfucker. Ba, ba sheep, sheep sheep motherfucker. Ba sheep sheep goddamn. <laughs> Didn't I talk about sheep in Australia for something once? Oh, that was um when they went no, to No, it was the the emu thing, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. I talked about it because that was oh, the sheep part of the conflict that led to people going to South America to make a colony there, to make the uh, utopia mm, there. Mm, yeah. That okay. was one of the early episode I did. So, you know, that led to that butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Um, he also ran aground on the Great Barrier Reef and ended up stuck in Australia for seven weeks repairing his boat. So, good job. Destroying the wildlife. Mm-hmm. He returned home, stopping in Indonesia on the way, where much of his crew died of malaria. Sure. Overall, successful first journey. <laughs> sure, yeah. This is going really well. I would not hire him for another mission. Well, in seven, he went on a second mission, 1772 to 1775. Is this because he's a mediocre white man at the time? So we just, like, trusted him implicitly? I mean, he still... Explored the South Pacific, which is kind of impressive because at this point in time, they don't even know what the fuck's out there, right? So that is, yeah. we have to give him a little credit for that. All right, fine. Why was the second envelope like a secret? Did it matter that <laughs> I don't he know. not know about it until later? Like, would he have turned Did it down otherwise? Did he would abandon, yeah, just like abandon the Venus mission and just be like, this one's better. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't think it's because he was pining for his wife and children, like... He would be, you know, upset to take a second mission because it keeps him away. Maybe they don't want it publicly known that they're looking for this continent for some reason. It's a continent. I don't. He's on a ship in the middle of the ocean. Who's going to leak the news? Well, I mean, like people back in England. If he knew before he left. I'm just guessing. I don't know. (laughs) I'm really loving this wild speculation. No, all the answer. (laughs) I wasn't there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so 1772 to 7075 was his second journey so okay. after the first one he was promoted to commander and was again commissioned by the royal society to go search for terra australias so now it's the real mission yes apparently they didn't believe that australia which he found and mapped was terra australis they thought there must be a bigger landmass further south like that why was too small to be <laughs> it why would you think that Go find a bigger island. That's what they yeah, told him. So they're like, him. no, this, this continent's not big enough. Go find a better one. This inadequate continent. Did he do a real shit job of mapping Australia as well? He did a good job of... He, he was good at mapping. He was good at, like, mapping and, like, uh, you know, okay. fairly accurately getting the borders and everything. Like, he, he got it right, roughly. But, like, they just didn't believe that Australia was big enough for what they expected to be down there. We just need a better one. Go find it. This one's broken. Please return it and give (laughs) us a better one. Yes, exactly. I see no problems. So he and his crew set out again and ended up exploring the Antarctic region, though never actually made it to mainland Antarctica. He also found a bunch of tiny islands on the way, but no luck finding the mythic large continent that they were hoping for. Also, this is a new crew, right? Because everybody else is dead. Well, the ones that died of malaria are. He had some left over. I don't know if it's the same exact crew or not, but I'm sure some are the same. Okay. After this journey, he was given a promotion to, to post-captain and an honorary retirement from the Royal Navy, but he didn't want to retire, so he insisted that he'd be able to come out of retirement if an opportunity arose for him to go to active duty again. 
He just really doesn't want to stay home with Elizabeth. No, he really <laughs> hates Elizabeth. What's wrong with her? I don't know. Is it her or is it the kids? The sea life calls to him. What can I you feel do? like it might be the kids. He was also given the Copley Gold Medal by the Royal Society, which was given for, quote, outstanding achievements in research in any branch of science. Do you want to guess why he got this award? Because he was a scientist? Not for Venus or New Zealand and Australia. No. What was the achievement? Most time spent at sea away from spouse. <laughs> uh, he, like, developed some kind of seasickness anecdote. Tracy's closer. Uh, sea mileage. Really? Tracy's oh. closer, actually. Really? I just thought of what I would want in the ocean. It was for successfully completing the journey without one single crew member dying of scurvy. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, Not that they didn't get scurvy, mind you. They just didn't die from it. I was going to say, they just didn't die from yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, is that like a scientific achievement or just luck? It was an achievement. So they did die, but they didn't die of scurvy. And they did get scurvy, they just didn't die of scurvy. Accurate. You got it. Okay, great. Scurvy, if those of you who don't know, listeners, it's caused by a severe vitamin deficiency and it causes like... You get blotchy skin, your teeth and your gums rot, like you get all these like, open wounds and broken bones and shit. And apparently it killed more sailors than any other cause combined, like including other illnesses and combat and shipwrecks and everything. Did I ever tell you about my friend who, who got has scurvy? scurvy? Yes, you did. Yes. On this podcast. Okay, great. He needs to eat some oranges. Well, he's fine now. It was yes. because he was uh, surviving off of cigarettes for a weekend in Chicago. Well, he's an idiot. Yeah. So Cook was doing a bunch of dietary experiments on his crew during these voyages, uh, including making them eat sauerkraut every day. Until eventually something he did worked and no one understood why. But they were like, nobody died of scurvy. Huzzah. Like, here's your award. Huzzah. (laughs) A lot of huzzahs in this episode. Yeah, I like it. And so then there was the third voyage, the third and final voyage. It was 1776 to 1779. This is where things get interesting. It was supposed to go until 1780, but shit went down and we will get to it. Perfect. The publicly reported purpose of this trip was to return a Tahitian man named Omai that Cook had borrowed during his last trip. Borrowed? Are we supposed to read enslavement into that? No, I think he just like, he, he did this on one of his other journeys too, where he just like, grabs a native and is like hey help me explore this region except last time he just like brought the guy right back but this time he just like he just instead of while he was in the vicinity going back to tahiti and bringing omai back he just like went back to england instead and poor omai (laughs) had to spend all this time on the boat and then a year in england before he got to go home that's some shitty white man shit it is it is okay cool The real purpose of the trip, though, was to locate the postulated Northwest Passage around North America. Okay. So they left England, went down and around Africa, dropped Omai off at home in Tahiti, then made their way up north to look for the passage, and in 1778, stumbled upon Hawaii on the way. Sure. He landed in Waimea Bay in Kauai and named the islands the Sandwich Islands after the fourth (laughs) Earl of Sandwich. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The Earl of Sandwich. Wait, so there are no real sandwiches in this? No. I spent some time, I don't remember why, looking up the origin of the name Sandwich to see, like, yeah, it's the it Earl to do with sandwiches. But yeah, it's just random, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that some one. guy's name. Just coincidence, yeah. yeah. 
I can't believe there are no real sandwiches in this. There's no real sandwiches in this. I'm so sorry. This, this is... <sighs> you wouldn't have been able to eat them anyways. It's probably for the best. Yeah. That now you won't get hangry at this. I think she still will. I think I still <laughs> Now she's just mad that I bait and switched her. Yeah, now I'm just grumpy and thinking of all the sandwiches I could be eating right now. So Cook um, just explored Kauai a little bit and then continued north. On his way up, he mapped the north... Uh, the northwestern coast of North America, kept going and determined that the, North pa- the Northwest Passage did not exist because there was impassable ice up there. Okay. So this point, Cook's all cranky, and it's speculated that he came down with some intestinal ailment, not scurvy, but some other, well, some stomach issue. Ache. He did. And that's what led him to start acting a little irrationally. Mm, same. Like he started forcing his crew to eat walrus meat, even though they had already determined that walrus was pretty much inedible. Cool. But I mean, he had a, you can't blame him. He had a tummy ache. Tracy yeah, gets it. Exactly. I get it. His tummy hurt. Yeah. I mean, also maybe he was just cranky for being sent on yet another fruitless mission, but whatever. Mm. I mean, it's what he wants, isn't it? In a way. Like, I mean, yeah, I think he likes being at sea. Clearly doesn't want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was his tummy then. Maybe he was just hangry because his stomach hurt. I don't know. So he goes back south, uh, goes back to Hawaii, and just kind of circles around the islands for eight weeks like a creeper. Cool. Just inspecting, gathering data. And then uh, in 1779, he landed in Kealakakua Bay on Hawaii Island. When he got there, he was greeted by a chief. And he just so happened to arrive during the Makahiki, which is a harvest festival for the god Lono. Lono is the god of fertility and music and peace. So pretty much the Hawaiians are in this, the middle of this like rad party with lots of food and music and fucking. And so cool. they're very hospitable to the white men being like, hey, like, join our party. Come on. And then Cook and the other, you know, the white men are naturally like, dude, I think that they think that we're gods. So, like, sweet, let's just be gods for a while and hang out in Hawaii. I mean, it's not a bad plan. They just make themselves right at home for a month. Yeah. And they do all kinds of great things for Hawaii like they're here. For example, the Hawaiians were really impressed by the white men's use of iron. So the Haoles gave iron nails to the Hawaiians in exchange for sex. Oh. It's always in exchange for sex. Mm-hmm. And in so doing... Introduced gonorrhea. Huzzah. Of course they did. (laughs) Why are all of our contributions STIs? Huzzah. Uh. So then, after well overstaying their welcome and being horrible house guests, Mm -hmm. he finally decided to peace out in early February. And the Hawaiians are probably like, thank fucking God, this guy's leaving. A few days into the voyage, though, they hit rough seas and the ship was badly damaged. Cook decides to turn around and go back to his friends in Hawaii and ask for, and by ask for, I mean probably demand, assistance fixing his boat. (laughs) So he lands in Hawaii again and he's like, hey, friends. I'll give you more nails. (laughs) Hey, friends, remember me? Fix my boat. Okay, thanks. Hey, my vagina itches from the last time you were here, asshole. The fuck, dude? The Hawaiians are probably like, ugh, this fucking guy again. Yeah. But this time around, they weren't so hospitable, and things got a little heated between the Hawaiians and the British. I mean, that's fair. I, it is, because so Cook and his crew 
dismantled a Hawaiian temple and used it for firewood. No! Which, understandably, is kind of a big no-no. You don't do that. Yes. You don't destroy and burn religious buildings. Generally speaking, yes. I mean, Cook felt real bad about the whole thing, so tried to make up to it by offering them not one, but two hatchets. Oh, wow. He went out of his way on that one. (laughs) To help him tear down more... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Buildings? Here are the hatchets that I use to destroy your building. You're welcome. There you go. If you are ever in the mood to destroy a building, these worked well this time. Yes. <laughs> Five stars. For some reason, his apology was not accepted. <laughs> then some of the Hawaiians stole one of Cook's smaller boats and possibly some other stuff off of his boats. And so then Cook and his crew threatened to fire upon the Hawaiians but the Hawaiians remained, quote-unquote, insolent. So, Cook decided that he's going to go and kidnap and ransom their king, Kalaniopu'u, mm-hmm. until he got his ship back. Apparently, this was Cook's M.O. He would land on an island in the Pacific, the natives would take a bunch of his shit off his boats, and then he would get mad, kidnap a king until he got his ship back. Like, that's just what he did. It's like, this legit happened all over the place, so like maybe he should either lock his shit up, like guard it or just maybe like share your shit with the natives since they're letting you live on their island for a long time. I don't know. Might be like the good like house guest thing to do. Yeah, but they're not good house guests. They're not. They're no. really not. So the day after his boat was stolen, February 14th, see, see, Valentine's Day. Oh, there's the Valentine's connection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. This is not a romantic story. <laughs> no. <laughs> As I anticipated. I was waiting for you guys to remind me of that the whole episode. Like, where's Valentine's Day go into this? I mean... How quickly I forgot. Is that the only reference? Yes. <laughs> it was a real poor buildup with the gonorrhea. You feel... You, you're just, like, very proud of yourself, aren't you? I am. Okay. What's not romantic about gonorrhea? Everything. <laughs> so the day after the boat was stolen, February 14th, Sure. Cook marches through the village and literally literally grabs the king with his own hands and starts leading him away towards his boats. And he's like, hey, buddy, this is a kidnapping. Come with me. And the king's like, ugh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I imagine the conversation went down exactly. Exactly. <laughs> One of the king's favorite wives. Let's not unpack that right now. <laughs> Different episode. And two of the chiefs stepped in the way and were like, WTF, mate, like, don't go with this douche canoe. And then an old kahuna, which is a priest, held up a coconut and started chanting rapidly, distracting the British so that they wouldn't notice a mob forming behind them on the shore. Cook fired a couple of shots, killing at least one Hawaiian. And so now, after Cook overstaying his welcome, fucking all the Hawaiians and giving them STDs, dismantling Mm -hmm. and burning a religious building... Demanding they fix his boat, not sharing a shit, trying to kidnap a king, and then shooting people. Things finally reached a fever pitch. Oh. And the mob descended upon Cook, and they started throwing rocks at him, and stabbing him, and clubbing him, and Cook was killed. It kind of sounds like he deserved it. Right? Yeah, I'm not too upset about it. And then the Hawaiians dragged his body away, and also four of his men were killed in this whole kerfuffle, and probably a few Hawaiians. Mm, But were they complicit men? Like... Were they also assholes? Probably. Okay, then that's fine. 
Despite Cook being a total asshat, the Hawaiians still decided to give him, uh, give his body funeral rites that were reserved for chiefs and elders. So they disemboweled him, burned him, cleaned and preserved his bones, kind of like religious relics like they do for saints, I guess. Oh, yeah. And they like, they kept some of the bones for themselves, for their own whatever purposes. Like they do for saints. I guess, yeah. And then just like handed the rest of his ashes and shit to Cook's crew and were like, here you go. This is yours. You may have this. All right. I guess they like stuck around long enough despite their captain being killed in order to like get the ashes back so they could spread them over the sea. Or maybe their boat was still just busted so they couldn't leave. I'm not sure. After he died, a cap- a man named Captain Charles Clerk, who was He was the captain of one of the multiple boats that Cook was commander of. He took over the leadership, and his crew made one last failed attempt to go to the Northwest Passage. Clerk died of TB on the way, and the crew returned home in October 1780, not finding the Northwest Passage. So nobody found it? It doesn't exist. You can't can't go above (laughs) North America to get, like, to Europe that way because there's just too much ice up there. So but they're saying it's close to opening up climate change. There you go. Uh, but this was before that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just another like impossible mission that he couldn't do. Cool. There is a whitewashed interpretation of Cook's encounter with the Hawaiians. Of course there is. Which is that the Hawaiians did believe Cook and his crew were gods, similar to how Caribbean natives supposedly thought Columbus was a god or how the Aztecs allegedly thought mm-hmm. Cortez was a god. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows if any of those are true because these stories are mostly told by white Europeans who right. always thought that the natives of the lands they discovered, quote unquote, were savages. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're reading this history through their lens. So who the yeah. hell knows? And they didn't even speak the same language. So like, they're like, oh, they think we're gods. Like, awesome. Yeah, it's just what you want you're projecting exactly mm-hmm. or you think you're a god compared to them because you've you got say this... it enough times it doesn't make it true exactly yeah. this version of cook's story is largely based on writings from cook's crew so you know again so other white men exactly take it with many grains of salt mm-hmm. in this whitewashed version hawaiians either sacrificed cook as part of a ritual even though there are no known rituals where hawaiian kill gods yeah. Or they eventually realized that the white men weren't gods and so killed Cook out of anger for being duped. Either way, this version plays into like the white man's superiority complex and their belief that they needed to enlighten and civilize the world at this time. God, it is no wonder that everybody hates us. Right. Right. I would hate us. And so that, my friends, is the life and death of the original mayo-faced Howley, Captain James Cook, on February 14th, 1779. Happy Valentine's Day. Huzzah. Very loosely tied to Valentine's Day. Yeah, my heart is just a flutter. I've got butterflies in my stomach. Uh, It's just a beautiful tale. Just makes your heart go pitter-patter. It does. Glad I didn't pour any wine for this. I was about to order some oysters and just, you know, chocolate, a couple aphrodisiac meal, Mm -hmm. meal preparations. Glad I didn't do that. (laughs) Draw yourself a bubble bath, put some candles out, romantic music. If you can't get enough of Steph's bait and switch, you can listen to Harpy Hour. 
on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please read us and leave us a review, preferably a positive one. One about how much you love us because it's Valentine's Day. I think I did like a double bait and switch because there were no sandwiches. Yeah. And very little Valentine's Day. I'm still upset. I'm sorry. I will someday make you a heart-shaped sandwich to make up for it. I had a pregnancy craving for a meatball sub the other day. I had it delivered to the house. It was the best decision I've ever made. Oh, I can't remember the last time I had a meatball sub. It sounds delicious. It was great. Highly recommend. If you have an actual romantic story (laughs) or something fun and lighthearted that you'd like to share about one of your own Valentine's Days. Did you have one as good as Captain Cook's? (laughs) Was it or was it not as romantic as Captain Cook's Valentine's Day? Do you like to actually spend time at home with your partner? Tell us about (laughs) it. And your children. (laughs) You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HarpyHourPod. And you can email us at HarpyHourPodcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Patreon. So all that extra money you have lying around that you don't know what to do with. From those conquered nations. From conquering natives and taking their shit and not giving anything in return. Except gonorrhea. Except gonorrhea. Gonorrhea is free. You can head on over to Patreon and donate all that extra money to us to help keep us on the air. We have different tiers, different goodies, extra content for you. Go check it out. So thanks for listening. Okay, okay bye. bye. bye.